Hi, welcome. I'm Phil, and I'm here with my co-host, Tammy, and she's also the producer of the Homicide Canada podcast. Uh, I believe this is episode 42, and uh, this is uh, we're going to cover uh, the August 2023 homicides that happened in Canada and some updates as well. Uh, Actually, September, sorry. Oh, September. All right. <laughs> the September 2023 yeah. episode, or homicides, we're going to cover them. Uh, let's see here. We got If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at info at homicidecanada.com. Uh, in case we like missed, missed a murder, you can hit us up there because occasionally we do. Um, if you go to the website, uh, homicidecanada.com, we've got basically a page for every homicide that we find out about that happened in Canada. And also we have provincial and municipal pages that if you want to get the stats or Look into some murders that happened in your city and that, or your province and that. You can check it out. Uh, let's get to some stats, I guess, um, right away. Um, so year to date, this is today. I think we're recording this October 24th. Um, so, so far, we found 512 homicides uh, have occurred so far in 2023, uh, 340 males and 125 females, and that projects out total to 629 that compares to 739 we found last year in 2022 so that's a pretty big decrease um we'll probably find some more as the year goes on like that even have already happened and even into next year and that so that 629 will definitely go up but um i don't know i think we'll still have less than last year uh the projected homicide rate per 100,000 for canada is 1.65 um let's see here um, and for women, it is 0 0.8, and for men, it is 2.19. So, okay. And then we have some stats, the uh, murder projected murder rate uh, per 100,000 for the provinces. So, uh, as is often the case uh, for these episodes, Manitoba is leading with 5.22 uh, homicides per 100,000 uh, currently for this year, uh, annualized. Uh, Saskatchewan is in second with 4.12. Uh, then Alberta in third with 2.36, BC with 1.92, Newfoundland with 1.68, Ontario with 1.45, Nova Scotia with 1.27, uh, New Brunswick with 1.11, uh, Quebec only 0 0.82 per 100,000, and PEI has not had a homicide yet this year, so it's still at zero. Uh, for some of the larger cities, we can look at this here, it's pretty close at the top. Uh, Winnipeg, which most years has the, like for the big cities, has the highest homicide rate, is, is still in top with 4.59. But Edmonton's a close second with 4.5. So, yeah, it's a, yeah, so, okay. a tight race. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens at the end of the year. Uh, Regina has 3.8, uh, Toronto 2.46, Vancouver 2.41, Montreal 2.09, Calgary 1.79. Hamilton 1.73, Ottawa 1.57, uh, Halifax 1.12, and then at the bottom, the, Miss, uh, the Toronto suburbs, Mississauga with 1.03, and Brampton with 0 0.94. There were a total of 66 homicides in September 2023 compared to 68 last year, so that's pretty close, but a decrease of 3%. Yeah, that is pretty close, but... Uh yeah, it could always still go up. Yeah, there still know. could be a couple there kind of hanging around. There were 51 males, 13 females, and two unknown victims. Okay. Yeah, that's about usual. The usual ratio of male to females, I guess, is within yeah. the, uh, what we usually see. Okay, uh, the youngest victim for September 2023 was um, there was a young person charged in relation to the fatal stabbing of a 12-year-old girl 
So Toronto police responded to a call for a stabbing in the Kennedy Road and Antrim Crescent area on September 5th, 2023 at 6.30 p.m. Uh, Detective Sergeant Brandon Price of the Toronto Police Homicide Unit said that officers arrived to find the 12-year-old girl with significant injuries. Uh, she was pronounced de deceased inside the residence and police arrested a young male at the scene and charged them with second-degree murder. I'm assuming, obviously, that he's under 18, so he can't yeah. be named. And, yeah, so we don't even... Actually, this is interesting. I didn't really hear much about this case. No, they didn't really say much about it. Yeah, because usually for, like, a 12-year-old girl in that, that, you know, there'd be more of a yeah. me media knowledge. But yeah, Even if it's, like, yeah. an underage person, yeah. they, I don't know. But maybe because they caught him right away, they're not saying anything. Okay, yeah. I and, uh, yeah, we have no idea, like, how she died or... Uh, she was stabbed. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I did read, read that myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we don't have her name then? Or? No. Okay. We probably will never have okay. her name. All right. Uh, the oldest that we know of homicide that happened uh, in Canada in, in September 2023 was 84-year-old Marie Lemercy Lefebvre in Longueuil. Uh, police responded to a 911 call on September 27th at approximately 11.30 a.m. at an apartment on Days Ormo Boulevard in Longueuil, Quebec. Uh, on arrival, uh, the police located Marie Lemerce Lefebvre, 84, and Marguerite Lomini, 67, deceased. Uh, the cause of death has not been released. Um, police arrested Michel uh, Lomini, 30, at the scene. Police confirmed that he is the son and grandson of the victims, and he is facing two counts of second-degree murder. Hmm. So, yeah, that's... Uh, like, certainly there's been a lot of killings of parents, and I guess maybe yeah. occasionally grandparents, but, like... Somebody killing both their grandmother and their mother, that's... Uh, yeah, like, what is the motive behind yeah, that? Yeah, that's uh, kind of unusual, so, yeah. All right, uh, let's see for the provincial, the numbers, the raw numbers for homicides. Uh, Ontario had the most with 25, uh, then Alberta with 12, Quebec with 8, BC with 8, Manitoba with 7, Saskatchewan with 3, Newfoundland had 1, Nova Scotia had 1, New Brunswick had 1, all the territories in PEI did not have a homicide in September. The cities with more than one homicide, Toronto had eight, but there was a double homicide there. Uh, Calgary had six, Winnipeg had five, Chilliwa Chilliwack had two, and that was a double homicide. Edmonton had two, Fort McMurray had two, London had two, Longueuil had two, that was a double homicide. Montreal had two, Ottawa had two, that was a double homicide. And Quint West had two, and that was a double homicide. Hmm. Yeah, a fair number of double homicides yeah. this, uh, this month. Uh, murders by type, 25 unknown or unreported. There were 24 shootings, 13 stabbings, and three other, and two of the three were fire-related. Yeah, we always remark, it's amazing how much, like, either, well, mostly it's like the person gets killed and then the house gets yeah. it on fire. But. Okay, uh, now we're on to the section of the podcast, uh, the monthly podcast, where we're going to discuss some of the more no noteworthy murders that happened in September. Uh, so the first one we're going to discuss, so Ottawa, Ontario Police investigated a double homicide at a wedding on Gib Gibford Drive. Um, Ottawa Police and First Responders responded to a report of shots fired outside the Infinity Convention Center in the 2900 block of Gipford Drive at about 10.21 p.m. on September 2nd. Uh, police said two people were pronounced deceased and a number of people were injured. Uh, the deceased had been identified as uh, Saeed Muhammad Ali, who was 26 years old, and 
Abdish Akur Abdi Dahir, 29 years old, both from Toronto. Abdish Akur, a male or? Uh, yeah, both okay. men. Um, Ottawa police media shooting said at this stage, there's no indication this was a hate-motivated shooting. Uh, Ottawa police said the tar shooting was a targeted attack, but they don't believe any of the victims were the intended targets. Uh, no arrests have been made in connection with the shootings and homicides. Uh, no suspect description is available at this time. Uh, investigators continue to seek any surveillance, doorbell, or dash cam footage from residents, visitors, and businesses who may have been in the area at the time of the incident. Anyone with information is asked to contact the Ottawa Police Service Homicide Unit at 613-236-1222, extension 5493. Um, yeah, so double homicide at a wedding. That's kind of wild. Um, yeah, it's and it's also kind of wild that you would think at a event space there would be some sort of cameras like they'd have some sort you of you would think so so yeah they don't even have like any description yeah. whatsoever in that so yeah that's uh, pretty strange so maybe they weren't working sometimes yeah. that happens yeah okay um all right that's you i guess yeah. next <laughs> hamilton police investigate the death of a 33 year old man hamilton police responded to reports of a man bleeding and unconscious in the area of McNabb street near jackson street on september 27th at approximately 3 a.m the victim was rushed to hospital where he was pronounced deceased he has been identified as tyler hayden robotel uh, robotel i think okay <laughs> uh, investigators said the victim sustained life-threatening injury to the upper body though the cause of death is still not released uh, according to reports, an altercation occurred at a homeless encampment behind City Hall that led to the victim's death. Police said the victim ran from behind City Hall and collapsed by the YWCA. Investigators haven't identified possible suspects, but said a few people could have been involved. Hamilton Police Homicide Unit has taken carriage of the investigation. Witnesses are asked to contact Dave Tukshida at 905-546-4123. Yeah, it's interesting, and I think as of today, they've have they have not arrested any suspects in that. No, no, and you think like that's a pretty big homeless encampment. It's a fair size. Uh, the one thing I'll say about it too is that since it's right, basically, like part of the city hall parking lot of Hamilton, yeah. that uh, there's cameras there. That there should be a lot of cameras there. It's and like, there's cameras at the YW too. Yeah, so I'm kind of surprised that they haven't been able to arrest somebody. But yeah, it's weird. Not totally shocked, maybe, that people aren't talking, but, yeah, we figured there'd be enough cameras that, that they'd be able to do something. And also, like, it, well, I, I guess it wouldn't have to necessarily be, like, somebody who lives in the encampment who did it, but, okay. Yeah, I don't know. All right, but uh, that's wh who I would be checking if I was police. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, uh, the next one, there's a double homicide in Etobicoke in Toronto. Uh, police were called at the Mount Olive Drive and Kipling Avenue area for a shooting on December 6th, 23rd at 2023 at 11.41 p.m. Uh, police said one group of people drove up to another group of people and opened fire. Uh, a male from the other group was shot and pronounced deceased at the scene and the vehicle fled. Um, at 11.53, police responded to the Mar Martin Grove Road and Finch Avenue West area where they located a fleeing vehicle with a male suffering from gunshot injuries. He was rushed to hospital where he died of his injuries. Uh, police said other people made their own way to hospital with various gunshot injuries, ranging from life-threatening to, or non-life-threatening to life-threatening injuries. Uh, anyone with information is asked to contact police at 416-808-2300 uh, or Crime Stoppers anonymously at 416-222-TIPS or www.222tips.com. 
So um, I don't know. It's like that Mount Olive Drive, Kipling Avenue. I don't know. Is that just a regular kind of strip mall area? I wonder in Toronto then. Or? It just looked like like a plaza. Uh, just like a plaza in that, and yeah. And then this one car just kind of drove up and shot at the other people. I guess. So. Yeah. I don't know. That seems to be happening a lot. Yeah, I guess kind of. And yeah, uh, and then two people ended up dying. So yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, you're next. <laughs> Keelan Kortzman found dead on the shore of Gregory Lake, Alberta. Fort McMurray Major Crimes Unit, along with firefighters and EMS, were called to the report of a body on the shore of Gregory Lake, north of Highway 881, on September 14th at approximately 9:30 p.m. On arrival, police located 17-year-old Keelan Kortzman from Fort McMurray 468 First Nation. His cause of death has not been released. However, the medical examiner has deemed his death a homicide. And anyone with information or dash cam footage is asked to contact Wood Buffalo RCMP at 780-788-4040. And so they don't have any, they, yeah, they don't have a cause of death then. No, well, they do, but they haven't oh, released well, yeah, it. Yeah, they haven't released the cause of death. And, um, yeah, and he was found on the shores of of this lake. And that, yeah. That, yeah, kind of strange. Maybe we'll hear more about it, I guess, eventually. Maybe. Yeah, and no suspects either. No. No suspects, okay. <laughs> All right, uh, another uh, police killing in Canada. Uh, Constable Rick O'Brien was fatally shot while on duty in Coquitlam, uh, British Columbia. So RCMP Deputy Commissioner Dwayne McDonald said Constable Rick O'Brien, uh, 51 years old, was fatally shot and two other officers injured while were injured on September 22nd as they were attempting to execute a search warrant in Coquitlam, B.C. Uh, the warrant was in relation to a drug investigation that originated in Maple Ridge, B.C. Uh, a suspect in his 20s was also shot and is in the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. Uh, McDonald said O'Brien died of his injuries at the scene. One injured officer is in hospital with non-life-threatening injuries, and the third officer suffered minor injuries and was discharged. Uh, Nicholas Belmare, a uh, 25-year-old Coquitlam man, uh, was charged with one count of first-degree murder and one count of attempted murder of the firearm. Uh, so far, police have not revealed de details of the investigation other than saying it was a long-term probe. Uh, Constable Rick O'Brien is the fifth office, police officer to die in the, the line of duty this year. Uh, it's amazing in the last couple of years mm -hmm. just how many police officers have been killed in Canada compared to like yeah. previously it seemed like a pretty quite a rare event. Yeah, that, like we never heard about never that. Never really heard about that. So, um, yeah, it's kind of amazing in that. And uh, I don't know. Do we know much at anything about at all about Nicholas Belmare then? Or No, I actually like just found out his name a couple days ago. Oh, so. Okay. So. Alleged gangster Sokudo Singh Gill also known as Suka Denek, was killed in Winnipeg. Winnipeg Police Service responded to an incident on North Inkster Industrial Area on September 20th at approximately 10 a.m. Investigators said North District General Patrol officers, assisted by the members of the tactical support team, attended the residence in the 200 block of Hazelton Drive where they located 39-year-old Sukdol Singh Gill. He was located deceased. Police have not released the cause of death, only saying his aut autopsy is pending. However, a witness told CBC they heard 11 gunshots before he was found. And according to IndianExpress.com, Sukhdul Singh Gill, who is also known as Suka Denki, is also an alleged ally of the Bam Bambiha gang. He was wanted for extortion, attempted murder, and back in 2017 he fled to Canada. 
Uh, he's also named on the list of 40 persons released by the NIA on September 18th for allegedly having links to the Khalistan movement in Canada. So I guess the NIA, is that like an Indian intelligence agency then? Or? Yeah. <laughs> and so do they think it's any connection with that uh, guy who got killed out in BC? They didn't the? say, but okay. he is like one of the most wanted, so I'm not really sure. Like okay. he's wanted for attempted murder, murder, extortion, like... But we don't think, like, obviously that it's, like, like India did it or anything like that. So. No, okay. and I guess he fled on a fake passport, too, they said. Oh, uh, okay, so, and yeah. they need to tighten their security yeah. because how do you get a yeah, fake that's passport? True, yeah. okay. and just and then just hang fly around under Canada. the radar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's just crazy. So, uh, our, And it's um, interesting, too, killed in an industrial area. You wonder if he got lured there or... Or he was doing business yeah, of maybe, some sort? Yeah, okay. I don't know. Okay. Uh, the next one, uh, Randy Blake Flett uh, was arrested and Jaren McIntyre, and also Jaren McIntyre for the second degree murder of Damian Wayne Scrumita in Winnipeg, Manitoba. So that was a mouthful. Uh, <laughs> Winnipeg Police Service responded to the 600 block of Mulvey Avenue for the report of a male who had been shot. Uh, on arrival, police located Damian Wayne Scrumita, who was 46, year old, 46 years old an apartment building suffering from a gunshot wound, and he was pronounced deceased. Uh, during the investigation, police located a suspicious item believed to be an improvised explosive, explosive device, or IED. Uh, the building was evacuated, and members of the bomb unit were unified and attended the scene. After further assessing the IED, it was determined to be live and pre presented as public safety risk. Um, the IED was safely dis disrupted and no injuries occurred. Um, on September 16th, members of the homicide unit announced that warrants were issued for Randy Blake Flett, 25, originally from the pa Pass, I guess, in Manitoba, and Jaron McIntyre, 28, of Winnipeg, Manitoba. On October 2nd, 2023, at approximately 12 a.m., a uh, traffic division member observed a confirmed stolen vehicle driving while patrolling in the area of Princess Street and Pacific Avenue. Uh, as police approached the the vehicle pulled over, and the driver attempted to flee. Um, the officer arrested the man in relation to the stolen vehicle, and he was identified as that aforementioned Randy Blake Flett for an extending warrant for the second-degree murder. And then on October 9th, uh, just before midnight, McIntyre was located on Floral Avenue off of McKenzie Street, and both have been turned over to the homicide unit. Um, yeah, so I guess this Scrimuda who died and was killed, I guess... Uh, his, um, I guess his apartment, like a, an apartment building that they found this improvised explosive device. Yeah, I don't know if it w he lived there. Yeah, but okay. Yeah, but well, they found that. In a case, in the, yeah, as part of his homicide, I guess, investigation for him and that. Yeah, they find so. ID and that, so. It kind of makes you think, like, were they trying to cover it up, maybe not with fire, but with an explosion? I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's, maybe it uh, didn't. Yeah, who like yeah, this is pretty strange. So, um, I guess do we we don't know anything about Scrimuda then, or no? Okay. All right. But yeah, maybe one day we'll learn a little more yeah, when this goes when to it, trial. When it goes to trial, I guess. So okay, here's the next one: the Integrated Homicide Investigation Team and Burn Burnbury RCMP investigate the fatal shooting of Gangadeep Sandhu. Burnaby RCMP frontline officers r responded to a report of shots fired in the area of North Road and Cameron Street on September 16th at approximately 5 p.m. On arrival, police located a deceased man in a parked vehicle in an underground parkade. 
Approximately 15 minutes later, police responded to the report of a vehicle on fire in Bainbridge Avenue in Greenwood Street. Investigators believe the shooting was targeted and there are no further risk to the public. IHIT has taken conduct of the investigation and they have verified the victim as 29-year-old Gangadeep Sandhu of Abbotsford. And the initial evidence suggests this was a targeted shooting, though the motive remains unclear. And anyone with information is asked to contact IHIT information line at one 557 4448 So, okay. So, like, I guess this guy is shot to death, and then I guess the, they used a getaway vehicle, and they lit it on fire. It seems like. to happen a lot in yeah. BC. Yeah. It doesn't happen a lot in Ontario, but... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You always hear about vehicles on fire <laughs> out, out west. Okay. Um, so the next one, uh, Jesse Rowe was charged with the murder of Sanara Lewis, I think, believe, in Peterborough, Ontario. So Peterborough police were called to an apartment on Simcoe Street between George Street and Elmer Street about a possible stabbing on September 6th at approximately 9 a.m. Or sorry, 9 p.m. Uh, on arrival, police located a 23 seven-year-old Peterborough woman and a 30-year-old Peterborough man suffering from injuries. Uh, both were taken to the Peterborough Regional Health Center where the female was pronounced deceased. The male was transported to a uh, Toronto Area Hospital in critical condition. Uh, the female victim was identified as Sanera Lewis. Uh, investigators learned the male had been seen leaving the area at approximately 1230 a.m. on September 7th, 2023. Officers received information that the suspect was spotted in the woody area near Ashburnham Drive and Mariah Street. Uh, police said the emergency response team remotely piloted an aircraft system unit. <coughs> Officers from the investigation services unit and OPP canine unit attended the area. On arrival, the officers acquired information that two women known to the suspect had been verbally threatened and one attacked with a hatchet. Uh, the women were able to escape and were taken to Peterborough Regional Hospital for treatment. Um, officer continued searching the woods and located a male and a female who were taken into custody without incident. Uh, so yeah, 29-year-old Jesse Rowe of Peterborough was arrested and charged with second-degree murder, attempted to, to commit murder, assault with a weapon, uttering threats two times, uh, failed to comply with the probation order two times, uh, according to Peterborough, Peterborough Police, Rowe has a le lengthy criminal history with Peterborough Police dating back to 2012 and is currently before the courts for robbery with a weapon and failure to comply with the probation order. He's currently bound by a probation order of the following conditions to keep the peace and be of good behavior. He's also bound by seven prohibition orders with regards to firearms, restricted weapons, ammunition, and explosives. Uh, the 30-year-old woman found with the Woman with this, or the three-year-old woman found the suspect was taken into custody on the strength of a warrant for a shoplifting incident on August 27, 2023. And then in a connection with the incident in the woods, the woman was farther charged with uttering threats two times. So, Imagine okay. someone running at you with a hatchet in the woods. Yeah, that's, that's pretty wild scary. in that. This, yeah, this one's whole, all kind of yeah, pretty strange in that. So, um, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, that's yeah. kind of nuts in that, so... I guess these two other women knew the suspect, I guess, or something, and then called police or whatever, and they'd been verbally threatened and wanted to attack the hatchet. And then, but also with this guy, Jesse Rowe, was this woman, and that's, yeah. yelling, I guess, also yelling, which is, 
I guess I don't know. I don't know what she's up to, and we don't have a name for her. I guess then. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. So, and no photos or <laughs> no photos, okay. no name. I, you know, I might like to see photos of these people, but not much information. <laughs> I was actually going to ask my cousin because Peterborough's not super big, and okay, yeah. my cousin's the same age as the lady that was murdered. So maybe, maybe they know each other. Yeah. Okay, BCRCMP charged 83-year-old Robert Freeman in relation to the double homicide of John Kavaloff and Valerie Smith in Chilliwack. On Wednesday, September 13th, the Chilliwack RCMP responded to a report of shots fired in the 4,600 block, the 46,000 block of Chilliwack Lake Road, where two deceased individuals were located at a nearby residence. Police identified the victims as 58-year-old John Kavaloff and 67-year-old Valerie Smith of Chilliwack in hopes of advancing the investigation. A suspect was identified and taken into custody at the scene. Robert Freeman, 83 years old, has been charged with two counts of second-degree murder, and he was granted bail after a hearing at Chilliwack Law Courts. Like, isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's pretty wild. Um, like, he killed two people and he's on bail? Yeah, what? it doesn't matter if you're 83. Yeah, you got a temper problem. I <laughs> guess yeah, and 83 year old people killing like two younger people. In that. Yeah, that's, like uh, what? What was that about? Yeah, I don't. Know. I don't uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> so old people being both victims of homicide and being the perpetrators. Yeah, that's kind of a crazy month in September, I guess. Uh, okay. Uh, the next one, uh, Gilles Broussard uh, was charged with the murder of his wife, 79-year-old Therese broussard Levesque at the Terrebonne Seniors Home. So yet another murder involved with elderly people. <laughs> uh, Terrebonne police were called a residence at a senior's residence on Yves Blay Street after two people were found unconscious in a unit at about 6 p.m. on September 30th. On arrival, police located a 79-year-old woman and an 81-year-old man unconscious in her room. Uh, she was declared deceased at the scene, and the 81-year-old was transferred to a hospital. Uh, police said the 81-year-old man did not live at the residence, and the death has been investigated at the hospital. Um, the 81-year-old man is considered a suspect in this incident and is presently under police watch in hospital. Uh, and we've got an update. October 5th, uh, the victim's husband, Gilles Broussard, had been charged with first-degree murder in connection to the strangling death of his wife, Therese Broussard-Levesque, uh, according to police. Broussard Levesque suffered from Alzheimer's disease. And anyone with information that could further the investigation is urged to call Terrebonne Police at 450-471-4121. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure what that's about. Um, I don't know if that was a mercy killing or Yeah, it seems or what, like so, it. Like, yeah. it's sad, but yeah. I don't know. Like, maybe he just felt bad for her. Yeah. All right, uh, we're on to the notable or updates and arrest part of the podcast. Uh, so let's see here. So the Special Investigation Unit of Ontario uh, released a report in the Stony Creek double homicide of Carissa McDonald and Aaron Stone, I guess both 28? Uh, I or what? Aaron Stone's 28. Yeah, yeah, she was 27. She was 27, okay, okay. So the backstory: story, the Hamilton Police announced on May 27 at approximately 6, 12 p.m. that they were conducting an investigation in the area of Jones and Barton Street. Uh, police responded to the report of a shooting at 322 Jones Street in Stony Creek. On arrival, police located a 27-year-old female and a 28-year-old male, both tenants of the, of the residence deceased. Um, investigators said the woman was an educational assistant and the man was an electrician. Uh, police said, said the... Incident was a double homicide, and it was an active 
situation that the police dealt with a barricaded person who was believed to be involved in the incident. Uh, the 57-year-old landlord had barricaded himself in the residence with firearms. Um, Handled police emergency response contained the area while negotiators and got on, engaged in contact with a man in an attempt to peacefully resolve the incident. Uh, police said the suspect ran, fired at the Hamlet police armored vehicle. The suspect later fell out of their additional rounds, which resulted in an interaction with police where he was struck and ultimately died. Uh, so the victims were identified as Chris McDonald and Aaron Stone. And Terrell Gerald Brecca was listed as the owner of the home, according to property records. Uh, and there's an update that the SIU released a report on September 25th detailing the case and collected evidence. There was a total of 50 exhibits were collected for examination, including uh, that the weapons were a Scorpion model EVO 3S1, I guess two of them, uh, DPMS Panther Arms model LR308, and a Heckler & Koch model HK416 caliber 5.56 millimeter uh, by 45 as the as the weapon. Um, as a result, there is no reasonable grounds to conclude that the the um, that oh the the suspect. Uh, I guess the last one was for, for the the shooting officer, and uh, to conclude that the shooting officer comported himself other than with the limits of the criminal law when he shot the complainant. There is no basis for proceeding with charges in the case. Uh, so the file was closed, and the full report can be read on on the post on uh, the post regarding it on Homicide Canada. So, yeah, it was just a crazy incident. So. Like, yeah, and I guess from what I've read, in the, that uh, to, I guess, yeah, it was the landlord, and he was angry at that tenants, and they were going to move out and that, so. Yeah, and he shot, I guess he shot, did he shoot the girl first on the front lawn? Like. Yeah, I guess crazy. so. Crazy. Yeah. All right. The youth who dragged Calgary police officer Andrew Hartnett to his death has been handed a 12-year prison term. So here's the backstory. Calgary Police Officer Sergeant Andrew Hartnett conducted a traffic stop in the area of Falcon Ridge Boulevard and Falcon Ridge Drive Northeast at approximately 10.50 p.m. on December 31st, 2020. According to Calgary Police, during the stop, the vehicle fled, striking the officer in the process. Hartnett was rushed to the hospital where he was pronounced deceased shortly before midnight. Police said the two individuals who were wanted on Warrants for first-degree murder were 19 and the 17-year-old male, both of Calgary. They turned themselves into police on January 21st, 2021. The passenger of Amir Abdurrahman pleaded guilty to manslaughter in 2021 and was sentenced to five years in prison. On September 27th, Justice Anne Laparco convicted the offender of a reduced charge of manslaughter in, collection to, in connection with the death. The accused, who is 20 was now handed a 12-year prison term. She gave four years credit for time the driver has already spent in custody. So I guess he was sentenced as an adult then? Yes. Okay. All right, then, yeah, that was kind of a crazy case. But also, like, that's not a lot of time. No, for killing of a police officer, yeah. for sure. So. Okay. Um, the next one. Uh, oh, geez, this name is tough. Uh, Sorry, there's been a lot of... Hard names to yeah. say this month. So Kenneth Cortoriel Quartor uh, was convicted of the 2020 killing of his girlfriend, Billy Johnson. Uh, Billy, uh, which city is this, I guess? Oh, Edmonton, I guess? Or? Uh, yeah. Okay. So Billy Winnell Johnson, 30, was last seen in the area of 113 Street and 107 Avenue on the evening of December 24, 2020. As reported missing on December 28th, uh, Edmonton police arrested Kenneth Cortoriel, 35, 
on Tuesday, February 9th, 2021, in St. Albert, and charged him with a second-degree murder of Billy Johnson. Uh, police said Corte Real and Johnson were known to each other. Um, Staff Sergeant Colin Latham uh, of the Edmonton Police Service Homicide Section said, following an extensive investigation, Homicide Section has compiled overwhelming evidence based on forensics, witness interviews, and information about Billy herself, including how engaged and connected to others she was, and how very out of character her disappearance was, include that she is unfortunately deceased and that Kenneth Corturiel is responsible for her death. Uh, Johnson's skulls, lower jawbone, and three arm bones were found on April 21st, 2021, in a wooded area 37 kilometers north of Edmonton uh, near Bon Accord. On September 25th, 2023, Court of King's Bench, Justice Stephen Hillier issued a, a decision finding Kenneth Corturiel 37 guilty of manslaughter and the death of Johnson, uh, according to the National Post Hillier found there was overwhelming evidence that Cortereal struck Johnson in the face, dumped her body, and took steps to hide evidence and lie to police. Um, a University of Alberta forensic anthropologist, Pamela Maine Correa, I guess, uh, a University of Alberta forensic, forensic anthropologist said Johnson's skull had a nasal fracture uh, consistent with a blow to the face. So, Five people have been charged in relation to the murder of an eight-year-old girl in Edmonton. Edmonton police responded to a check on welfare in relation to a child at a residence in the 87th Avenue and 165th Street area on April 24, 2023. On arrival, police were unable to locate the child and began investigating. At that time, the eight-year-old girl had not been located but was believed to be deceased. On April 27th, Homicide section arrested a 27-year-old female who was charged with first-degree murder in indignity to a dead body. A 25-year-old male was charged with accessory after the fact of murder causing indignity to a dead body. Edward Nevera was charged with accessory after the fact to first-degree murder and indignity to a dead body. The victim's identity and the identity of the two adults is being withheld to protect the identity of their other child related to the deceased. Both individuals were known to the girl. On May 3rd, Edmonton Medical Examiner conducted an autopsy and confirmed the remains found on Sampson Cree Nation on Saturday, April 29th, were those of the eight-year-old girl. The cause of death was determined to be blunt impact trauma, and on September 22nd, the Edmonton Police announced, in addition to the three others previously charged to the murder, EPS Homicide Section has since arrested and charged Shaden Lightning, 21, and... Ragney Stoney, 36, with accessory after the fact and indignity to a dead body. So possibly this could be the mother then, and then her relatives all help try to cover it up then? or Seemingly. I'm not okay. sure. Like Otherwise, why would they not name her, right? Yeah, no, uh, for sure. So Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of a crazy one. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, uh, the next one. Uh, so the Crown withdrew murder charges against Janiel Gordon in relation to the 22 homicide of Sean Grenier in Hamilton, Ontario. So the backstory: uh, Hamilton police responded to an incident near Tisdale Street in Erie Avenue at approximately 6 p.m. on March 6th after receiving a report that a male had been dumped on the roadway and it was in medical distress. Uh, police located 39-year-old Shane Grenier of Hamilton lying on the ground, suffering what appeared to be a gunshot wound to the head. Uh, the victim was rushed to the hospital, where he was pronounced deceased a short time later. Uh, a dark sedan was seen living in the area. Um, on June 29, 2022, 
Owen Nathaniel Silverthorne, 21, of Hamilton, and Janelle Gordon, 21, of Hamilton, were both charged with secondary murder. Uh, but then on October 19, 2023, the Crown withdrew the murder charge against Janelle Gordon. Uh, Gordon instead pleaded guilty to attempting to obstruct police for lying to a homicide detective about a car tied to the murder being stolen. Uh, Ontario J Court Justice Amanda Camara said there was no evidence that Janelle was connected to the murder of Shane Grenier. Camara uh, agreed to a conditional discharge with 12 months probation. The sentence, uh, a joint mission submission from the Crown Defense meant G Gordon will not have a criminal record. And according to the Hamilton Spectator, uh, Gordon was a promising student and athlete recruited to play football for Wilfrid Laurier University. And when he was charged with murder back in 2022, Laurier banned him from campus for being for posing a quote safe safety and security risk. So, yeah, I guess this guy knew the murderer or alleged murderer because I guess um, the Silverthorne is still being charged then or yeah yeah and the court I guess that hasn't got a trial yet I suppose yeah. so okay and then um, yeah I guess originally he kind of lied for that and or this the not silverthorne but uh yeah like why would you Gordon lie that? that i don't know i guess you know, trying to predict protect his friend or, or whatever in that so because i guess yeah supposedly he's not connected with the murder but mm -hmm. uh okay all right so that's it for this this september episode so yeah you can go to our website homicidecanada.com where we try to have a post for every homicide and we also have pages for all the provinces and municipalities uh, you can also email us at info at Homicide of Canada in case you missed a murder in your municipality or province or if there's anything else you want to say. And then we also have a Twitter, Homicide underscore Canada, and our DMs are always open, so you can hit us up there if you missed one too. And also, we're on Facebook and Instagram, so you can follow us that way too, and you can just I would just go there on those sites and search Homicide Canada, and we should come up. So yeah, until next month. <laughs>